None of the scenes in this program were staged. So we've got uh, myself, uh, Maddie over there in Germany, and LSD33 from Canada. Right, you're Eastern Canada? Yeah, I'm uh, here in the, the backwoods of New Brunswick, Canada on the East Coast. Hell yeah. So we were just talking about uh, Iran, or Iran, and this general, uh, this assassination, this drone strike that has recently been blowing up in the media. And um, yeah, you made a point about kind of the linguistic breakdown of Iran and the year being 2020, 2020 vision and focusing on the eye and what's what's what i wanted to say about that is that um so this general is iranian but the strike supposedly took place in iraq or iraq so you have iran and iraq which i'm not sure what kind of connections you can make to iraq <laughs> When uh, I think of Iran, there's that uh, song by Flock of Seagulls. Um, and Iran. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, so in Iraq or Iraq, you got Iraq and roll. And uh, that, and that takes, takes us way back to uh, the beginning of these uh, Middle Eastern shenanigans. Uh, Iraq was the big one. That was the the right. uh, babies in the uh, the uh, what incubators. Are the, what are yeah. Incubators, incubator yeah. babies were being thrown, thrown out on by... the floor and yeah, all that kind of horrific stuff. That's great that you said the word shenanigans because me and Maddie, before we started recording, were just talking about shenanigans in this exact context. <laughs> Yeah, good, good usual, Irish. Usual, the usual shenanigans, yeah. Right. Yeah, shenanigans are in the air today, I think. Well, they said it was kind of, that was the way. You know, if Hillary had got power, there would have been a Cold War thing going on with Russia, much more that direction. And you know, Trump got in, we knew it was going to be towards Iran. Now they play with Iran, it was clear as well, even then. There's you know, always something of, brewing, always something brewing with the Middle East. Well, the, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, sure. Through the Republican administrations, um, just thinking back on it, you know, the first Gulf War took place under George W. Bush, or George Bush the first senior, and the second Gulf War took place under George W. But also, you know, Clinton, under Clinton, there was some airstrikes, I believe, that happened in Iraq during that his administration. Um, but also the whole Balkan thing during the late 90s under Clinton. Yeah, get rid of the So, yeah. Democratic administration uh, focusing on Eastern Europe, Russia. And now we see the kind of same thing playing out with Hillary and Russia and all this kind of crap. But it's sort of put on Trump now, too, as as though, like, Trump's in collusion with Russia, is, and there's also, yeah, this kind of uh, effort to build Russia up again as this kind of supervillain on the scene. Well, it does seem very, very 1984, doesn't it? It seems like it, the three, you know, China and Russia and America, and these kind of, you know, the three powers messing about with each other. It's not kind of this old English game plan. Somebody was saying it through the, through the, through the, uh, you know, what do they say? 
<coughs> in uh, hidden language, but someone was saying it. Oh, I can't remember. It was an essay. And I was listening to it and I was thinking, yeah, he's got it because he's saying, you know, it was like you're getting to the beginning of the 20th century. You're just starting to have to start to come to terms, actually, with all the shit, <laughs> the empire and everything, you know, and uh, and women want to vote and everybody's suddenly the poor are rising up and everybody's saying, you know what, this is fucked. Yeah, this is not right. You know, you guys, you've got all the money and everyone else is like, this is not right. Yeah. And shit starts happening. And then, oh, First World War, you know, sort of, we'd have, rather have a war than look at this, you know, and then it starts happening again. Oh, Second World War, you know. <laughs> so it's like they just don't want to look at it. They just don't want to look at it until, you know, the whole empire is gone and they still don't really want to look at it, you know. And uh, it feels like that sometimes. And these, these old fucking knee-jerk reactions cutting in because things are moving again and the Chinese are taking the road you know the silk rides opening up things and the middle east is right in the middle of everything yeah right, right. and uh, so yeah, yeah sure yeah, whoever got control of the middle east is like he's got that kingpin yeah. all this china stuff is percolating in the background yeah if it's then Mc- it's, yeah uh, if you've got the, the mckinder the, doctrine if that if that's still got any power at all then the sea powers don't want the landmass connected right because otherwise you know, mm. they're not in control. Mm. So the thing is, will the game work? Will they, you know? Mm. And I don't think geopolitical so. geopolitical shenanigans. If you yeah. if you buy into the idea that there are separate nations and power blocks that are duking it out on the world stage. Um, yeah. Because you know, looking back at the Cold War and certainly the 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 space war that was a big part of that, when you you realize yeah, that yeah, so much yeah. of the space thing is an illusion, yeah. so the uh, rivalry <laughs> between the Soviet Union and uh, the United States and uh, all yeah. of all of the nuclear stuff on top of it. Uh, is suspect as well. So yeah, yeah, you're, true. you're left wondering at this point, you know, how much of this is just right out of the 1984 playbook. And it's just a, a scripted made for TV war yeah. that, uh, that has some, you know, it has real life effects on people living in these places because let's face it. What, what's on TV is reality for, for, uh, everyone and whether you believe it or not mm. Mm. yeah that's yeah. i mean that's the other level right that's what i'm saying we're going on a, the level from fakeologist up to sort of i don't know james corbett or whatever you've got right <laughs> where there are lots of paths we got yeah and to be aware of all of them like so how much of this is then you got to go down there i mean i haven't talked to him i've got a friend who's he, could, he describes himself as Persian. I haven't talked to him yet. That would have been good to talk to him before I <laughs> came here. But see what he says, always what his relatives, what's going on there, what that's what's going on inside Iran, you know? Right, the thing right. is, this, this is another aspect is because I know that Iran has been very, very unstable for a long time. You know, the people are sick of this regime, yeah? Mm-hmm. Cause, and then Davut's always thinking, yeah, they're going to get, they'll go any minute. They can't, they can't hold out much longer, you know? Um, so this is timing. This is good timing for them as well, you know. 
because now it's the old demon America is is back now killing our people, you know, and that bring them together again. It's, so it's a you know, you see what I mean. So it does work for them as well. It doesn't work for yeah. the people. Do you have any inside insider scoop on what the people of Iran are being uh, told to believe is taking place? Because no, everything I I get is from, you know, the the obvious, you know, BBC, CNN, CBC, Western uh, news, and uh, you know that that probably in Iran they have uh, different uh, media presentation, but it, it could be all just stories on their end too. But they might be getting a different, obviously a different take on the the story uh, mm. i mean the, their enemy certainly america uh, is israel um, so so th that a different take that, of course that's their uh, i mean that's their enemy but whether or not you know they they're even uh, they even believe the same things that the american uh, people believe is taking place there because they're getting a different news perspective. They're not getting the same, the, the same no. story, but I they're getting do. riled up with a particular propaganda for, for their, uh, for their place. Yeah. Yeah. So your course. buddy, um, your buddy, Maddie, uh, this guy that you play music with is, um, is from Iran originally. Yeah. From Tehran. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, and he's, he's been recently, he's been going back. Um, I think he was back last there. No, he was there last year, I think, pretty sure. And so, but for, you know, for I don't know how long it was, he couldn't go back. He was too, he wasn't, he was too dangerous. I don't exactly know why or what, but, but uh, recently, last eight years or something, he's been going back. And, uh, you know, and he was like, you know, he was really upbeat. He was like, come on, you know. You should come to, to come to Iran. It's fucking amazing. And that was it. I've met a German guy as well who'd been, and he said, "Yeah, it's, it's amazing." <laughs> mm. And he went, you know, basically couch surfing, which you're not allowed to do. It's apparently illegal, but you know, he did it. He said people are really friendly. It's great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, just from my limited experience, you know, I've got the impression that the Iranian people, for the most part, are lovely people. You know, they're just they're like you and me. They're like anybody. Yeah, well, they're a bit. Um, they're different to me because they're they're much more. Um, uh, what's the word? He's uh, saying <laughs> I got the German. Gas friendless. Then you go. I have it's always like here. Come on, have something to eat. Here's something to eat. Here's something to drink. Here's something to smoke. What do you want? Here's this. Come on, let's have some <laughs> of this. And, you know, it's really. You know, they really make you feel comfortable. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. outside of the whole like political and religious context you got going on over there, it's like they're just normal yeah. human beings, like the rest oh, yeah, of like us. Everyone else, yeah, absolutely, of course. Why do you expect anything different? And and they're just as easily propagandized as people For in sure. any other place. So it, right. everyone has that uh, that same pitfall or or human. Uh, gullibility to go along with the herd right well yeah they've got their own like unique media environment where they're getting a contrary message to what we're getting in the western world so to speak but 
Yeah, I, I know that, uh, as I said, David says, I mean, there were a lot of massive scandals and things. I say, you know, it's, it's supposed to be in this the Islamic State. Well, there's adverts everywhere. Yeah, he said there's more adverts on TV in Iran than there are in Western, some Western TV stations, you know. There are, um, so all that's gone, and the banks charge interest as well. That's gone as well. So, you know, these flagged up instances of, no, it was just underneath. They've gone underneath. And there was, I think, there was a big scandal because the, these, some of these big companies weren't paying people. They were because, this, because they were making so much money on the interest. They were, they were paying people months too late, you know, just to make money on the interest mm-hmm. and, and things like this. And all these things were going on. And uh, so, um, and I was always thinking, yeah, yeah, that's one day they'll fall the government will change or they have to reform and all these things and they play with that you know there was been a reform government that's why you could get back in there was a reform government yeah mm-hmm. um but uh you know so and you made a you made an interesting point earlier when we were talking maddie um about the people in america or europe who would oppose this so-called world war three or uh, military involvement in iran in that um they're they're so happy to go out and say you know this is bad this is bad you know but at the same time subconsciously it's kind of like they they want to say be able to say i told you so i knew this would happen (laughs) and (laughs) it's sort of like it's kind of a weird self-fulfilling prophecy yeah i took a look at the thread and if you know i don't know anything i think oh world war three started (laughs) Yeah, because you were saying like your Facebook feed is blowing up with people being all outraged about this latest uh, action. Yeah, I wouldn't say blowing up, but there are a couple there. Yeah, you know, so people are doing it. Yeah, and people, it's like kind of, it's sort of, it's it's almost like a done deal. It's like you know, and then and then Trump started World War Three. There's already kind of jokes along that line, or they're supposed to be political. I don't know. But there's also things of, of uh, you know, literally now he started World War What are we going to do now? Sort of thing. Well, what, you know, come mm. on, right? Just do you, you like you really want it? Like they really want, ah, it'd be great because, yeah, they can say, see, I knew he was evil. It was like, see, I told you this would happen. Well, you know, and then they can finally blame the, you know, in England, <laughs> blame the Brexiteers for it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right, it's, just, right. it's just more just uh, take the bait. It doesn't matter which way you take it. Main thing is you react, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, buy into it that you believe it. You what's know. the um? What's the prevailing attitude there in Canada? LSD. What What do people think about all this? Do you know? For you, do you talk to people about it? Well, first of all, I'm unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I'm not on Facebook, uh, so I don't have my pulse on on that line but uh my sense of what's going on in in canada and in terms of people's perception is mostly just you know what i hear over you know get get uh get uh, you know an insight into what people are commenting on news stories and what people are talking about around but it's 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 very much the same i'm sure as uh what's going on in America, because I don't yeah. see a big difference between the Canadian media and, and the American. Uh, right. Of or, course, or the, I mean, Canada the English, is yeah. very anti-Trump, and uh, mm-hmm. most most people uh, think he's the bad guy. And 
and that's what the media is. That's the story for the majority of people that you, you blame Trump or you, you blame these these figureheads for starting or initiating wars that, of course, have a, a basis in a lot of more complex uh, under underpinnings of the world, you know, like banking for one that yeah. Trump has nothing to do with. You know, these guys come in for four years, they might get, you know, two terms. Uh, and I don't know what the situation with Trump is now. Like, did he get uh, impeached or what? Um, no, he's, yeah, I mean, the resolution passed the House of Congress, which is just the first step, and it has to go through the Senate after that, um, which, which it Republican. Has, hasn't happened yet, which is Republican, you know, dominated, so would never pass that to begin with. So if people say, oh, Trump has been impeached, that's not technically true. Um, it's only been voted on by the House of Congress. <laughs> More so. shenanigans. More shenanigans. Yeah, it worked so well with Bill Clinton. There's obviously something that can roll out at any time. Mm. It's like, but it uh, gives it, it gives you know people on Facebook something to. Uh, it's a mini victory, a minor victory for some in some people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's like you said, Alistair, and it's like absurd to think that. <laughs> so this guy comes along, and then every everything the world has to turn on his whims, like some sort of. I mean, like, makes a mockery of democracy, doesn't it? And uh, and the whole idea that in the end we still need these big fat leaders, and the more placative the better. Yeah, yeah, well, anyway, that's what we get. Uh, it it really puts the mock in democracy. It does. That's nice. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I just made that up right now. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Make a meme. I want it. I think democracy is on its way out. I mean, if it ever existed, because, you know, the voting is pretty much a sham, to use another good voting. Irish term. Voting isn't democratic, it turns out, yeah? So in ancient Athens, yeah, the idea of electing, of voting someone in and giving them the power would be undemocratic, yeah? Because you used referendum for everything. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. It wasn't a kind of half-baked sort of mix. Hang on a minute, I've got to talk to my wife for a sec. I'm back, right. mate. I'm back, mate. What? Uh, I stopped in my wife. There's, <laughs> there's original it's me, simulant. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need to work on your English accent, bro. <laughs> Dick Dingo ate me, baby. <laughs> no, that's the wrong hemisphere. <laughs> You're getting confused now. <laughs> so they didn't need you at the lodge tonight. No, it's Monday. It's a Tuesday thing. Only on Tuesdays. That's, that's, huh? that's not every. No, no, no. It's gonna be any time. It's kind of like the bat signal. It goes up. Meet there quick, you know. <laughs> Is it synchronized oh, yeah. between all of the the lodges? Or I mean, I I heard once that it was like every third Wednesday or something they meet every month uh, on Woden's Day. Uh oh, uh, super secret Whoop. reverse Woden's Day. 
But oh, there are some there are some that have their every jurisdiction is um, every lodge is free to set up its own uh, schedule as long as it um, coincides coincides with the minimum of whatever the Grand Lodge establishes. So say you have to meet once a month or something, it's free to the lodge to determine what day that's going to be. Or some lodges, um, it's called going dark, where uh, they'll they won't be open in the uh, winter months because uh, if they live in like an inclement climate or something like that. With the population of the lodge being kind of older, the the turnout might not be so high. So, you know, they kind of so, do all their work in the other months. But they hibernate so, like bears. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds practical. Yeah, and that's where all these fake bears come from. <laughs> do you think that things when when I heard you guys talking when you think. Um, we talk about a mockery of democracy. Do you think that the whole thing, I mean, it's like, what, is there any example of where the whole thing is in a mockery from ship to shore? You know, is there ever, is there like a, a an example of where it's like, look what you've ruined, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it used to be this way, but all that used to be stuff is all fairy tale by and large. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, is the idea itself that democracy was ever useful or something like that for the people kind of a the whole thing is, you know, stinks. Something rotten in the state of Denmark. Yeah. And how come we don't cast rocks anymore? I mean You mean on like adulterous women? I'm with you, bro. Well <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not suggesting we bring back stoning quite yet, but I, I remember uh, when I was learning about the origins of democracy in ancient Greece and how they first uh, conducted their election by throwing a certain, like a, a certain, like a smooth rock if it was yay and a rough. Maybe that sounds too masonic, the rough and the smooth stones, but it's something like that. And they threw a stone, and then they counted the stones and. Uh, and that was democracy, but it was only land holding men. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, there, then the women, the woman question came along, and it was all downhill from there, I guess. If, uh, the stones got bigger. Yeah. Yeah. The idea women. about the land holding men thing, I I wonder about that stuff too. It seems like it it's presented all the time as if it's like, I guess it is in way classist prima facie right but in some ways it's also like if you did have this if democracy was real or whatever let's pretend if you didn't i mean would i have the right to just come to your area and run for election you know like if i'm not even from there does land holding mean that you're a part of the like a bonded to the land so to speak, you know more or less is that kind of demonstrating that that you have a permanency in the area like is, is there something to that as well? Because as a transient or something, you could just go traveling all around. Like, I mean, where, where did Hillary Clinton run from New York or whatever? And she lived in. Uh, oh, Consular uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the same in England. You can stand for any uh, constituency. You don't have to come from there. They bust their big people in for certain constituencies. Yeah. Like, and you, you, you get a safe to... seat, you're straight in then, you know. Should I be able to run in England? <laughs> like, you got any, yeah, James. You're a dual citizen. 
Giant, giant there's, there's dual citizen, you know, are the, in the last uh, Canadian election circus here, one of the uh, running people, there's a big scandal because it turned out he was a dual citizen of uh, the states. So I guess you can, you know, you could even hold uh, office of prime minister and be a, a dual citizen. So, yeah, why not? What if I'm not a citizen at all? Don't you think those no. laws are a little ar- ar- arbitrary and archaic? Come on, bro. Like, you could, like, I could make my own cyber campaign. I could run your country from my house in Florida. Well, that's the right. future. That, I mean, that's, the, that's where democracy is going. It's going to, that's because it. people are incapable of making the correct decision. It's, it's necessary for us to submit to the will of artificial intelligence. Black box technology. That's true. Right? No, that is true. <laughs> we'll all put well, our yeah, little... We'll get a code and we can vote with that code. And, we'll go and, then, and then if your code matches the predictive pattern that, you know, like if, if your vote matches the predictive pattern for your vote, then, you know, one more day, comrade. But you got to have a smartphone. You, you got to have a smartphone to get that code in the first place. So. Yeah, right. You've got to be online. That's your the code thing will come. Phone or a microchip in your uh, <laughs> right hand or your forehead. Yeah, I suppose you just have to have a what's it called? A LD, what's that sign called? LD thing? LG? What's it called? That you know that square of LGBT. <laughs> well, they've all got in China. Uh, Apparently, QR code. They're trying QR to sell you the yeah. Is it that? Yeah, even the even the QR code. homeless of you know buskers on the street have got one. Yeah, it's like the upgrade. It's like that. Yeah. It's like the upgrade of the UPC code, the QR. Yeah. Where it can only be read by a smartphone camera. Well, I know. For, it to be, I know to, for them to sell it, they would have to make provisions for the poor and things, wouldn't they? They say you can get in, come in and get your number so that you can, and then there'll be stations, polling stations with, with a computer in there instead of a pencil and a piece of paper. Oh, they got, yeah. Well, I mean, well, they got the, plenty of smartphones, right? Obama first, phones, dude. Obama phones, man. The <laughs> first Obama um, phones. Oh yeah, wasn't the first uh, the first um, mechanical ballot box or what? That's what they called. They called the mechanical uh, polling something, you know. But I think it had pictures by the people by like the the person's name. So. Oh. Oh, oh, like a little yeah. little headshot, like a avatar. yeah, like not a photo necessarily. Yeah, like a little drawing. Yep. 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 Huh. So you could you know, pick the one you like best. Uh, well, the picture you like best. <laughs> exactly. They're making a mockery of that with this new shit. Well, they they, they uh, certainly don't have democracy in China, but they've they've apparently got the uh, the whole new technocratic system uh, model happening there. Social credit, social and credit, and yeah. uh, surveillance, facial recognition. So, how long do you think b- before uh, we have the same here? It's already here. Yeah, well, yeah, it just feels it's good. It's, it's all right. But no, I mean, I think it's already. You just don't. It's just uh, on the. It's the uh, undercurrent. I think. I don't think it's. 
I don't think yeah, it's something it's that's, on, that's on top of society. I think it's kind of, uh, it runs it's under just, it, sort of. It's passive. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, just I quietly, yeah, it's passive. It's like quietly implemented. It's the it's way like we do gradual. Very fabian, right? Yeah. Apple, Apple Pay and all that, you know. Can't do that unless you have an iPhone. Yeah. All the choice in the world, yet there's only, what, like Android and iPhone. There's always only two. There, Why is it always only two? Isn't there like um, with Apple phones, isn't there a system where there's a thumbprint um, to unlock your phone, you know, when it goes to sleep? And <laughs> that, that's, the, uh, that's the old school. Yeah, that's recognition I, I think now it's retina or something. Yeah, it's facial recognition now. Yeah. Right. So. right. Boomer James. And that's no, just... And people just accept that as like, yeah, that's cool. Because, you know, I don't want some random person picking up my phone and going through my shit. So, oh, yeah, it's for for your protection and your security. Every time. Yeah, for sure. Every time. Just like those vaccines. Yep, yep. You pick it up and it, and it comes on. Well, it's already like the camera's already on freaking all the time. But then it, uh, it detects like your, uh, even in like darkness. Detects your face, whatever, and then it unlocks it. Should I uh, put a piece of tape over my webcam? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are Wouldn't hurt if you have a child or something. Yeah, for sure, especially then. But yeah, I think I think so. But you know, let's take a poll. But, but I've right got now. nothing to hide. I've got nothing to hide. I'm a good good citizen. I say social credit's the way to go. <laughs> let's take a poll. Uh, let's let's take a poll right now. How many of us have put tape over our cameras on our various devices? Uh, I have. I did that shit back in 2012. <laughs> I was say, not at the moment. <laughs> not at this present time. It has been. It has been. Yeah. Okay, so two out of four. LSD, have you ever put tape on your camera? Well, that's why I'm asking, because uh, I've... I've heard that uh, you know for years now that that the, the webcam can be unlocked and you could be uh, surveyed from who knows where at any time. But uh, I've just sort of let it slide. You know, I haven't let the paranoia of that idea uh, yeah, compel yeah. me to put a piece of tape over my right. webcam yet. Yeah, but I, yeah. you know, I, I may like, uh, yeah. run and do like- that. It's not uh, the, the idea of, um, I'll tell you what, though, I did that shit back in I don't know, 2012, 2013, and everybody thought I was crazy. And now, what, all it takes is Zuckerberg putting it on his, and everybody does it, right? But did they come back and say, oh, Russ, you're, you were right? No. <laughs> they don't say that at all. Did he yeah, really do that? Zuckerberg's did... got a reason to cover up his camera because there's probably loads of people out there who'd love to get some shit on the, that guy. The, war, the real concern isn't uh, what people ought not to be concerned about so much as like uh, THX 1138s being you know, spied on through the camera portal one to one real time. It's more of the just the, the camera cap- passively capturing your data, not like being on constantly or whatever, but that it can it's detecting all kinds of stuff, you know. Right, right. Uh, movements and stuff. I mean, it, it, I guess it is capturing your image or whatever, but really, it's it's just it's it's not to be that you're watching because you're worried about you doing something wrong. I don't want Maxwell House, you know. I just don't want uh, all these corporations. Uh, yeah, you know, Maxwell more, House selling, saw that your coffee can was 
But Maxwell House saw that your coffee tin was almost empty, and they they're suggesting that you uh, order another one. <laughs> you they're not, even, they're not suggesting it. They're sending it. They're yeah. sending it. <laughs> and <laughs> and because you everything is digital, we've already subtracted the uh, six sixty six from your bank account, and uh, and uh, if you're lucky, the drone will arrive with your package uh, in twenty four hours. No, the first you know about it is when the drone arrives. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like an updated version of Brazil. I didn't order this. You did. You thought it six times. <laughs> your coffee. You eight twenty-eight on the January. The funny, you know, like this. Sort of, yeah. You know, it could just be your habits, your body. Like it's not even that your canisters. It's just that, that it detects that you are, you know, so to speak, this eye yeah. in the sky. Figures out that you, you're drinking less coffee, which is a habit you engage in or behavior you engage in when your coffee is running low. Or something like that, you know. What I mean, they yeah. can put the stuff together, and then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, uh, and it can charge you fifteen cents every third week or something because it's got you for life. So the six sixty six price, you don't have to pay it all at once. It's no problem. <laughs> You're good for it. We got your social credit score. You're good for it. All the oh man, I got to work overtime this week out of nowhere. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 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 oh, around the waiting, waking up. Around the layoffs to stimulate the workers. Or just having these Alexa, you know, these talking tubes in your home where you just talk to Google or Amazon. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, I I can't uh, believe that people really uh, do that. But they do. Yeah, it's it's so it's so foreign to me. But you know, I I get Mr. Spock and Star Trek, isn't it? They should have called Alexa computer, and then they would have got the nerds. Yeah, it's like Hal Nine Thousand. Yeah, well, it'll be nice to say computer, and then instead of why does it have to? You're right. Why does it have to be a woman? Because we trust women. And uh, data, like, you remember Star Trek? I mean, that was when data or data was uh, cool. You know, he was a, a nice guy. But <laughs> these days, <laughs> he's, he's, he's our, our worst enemy. <laughs> he's got us running for the tape, the masking tape, to cover does our he, webcam. Do they do that? In, I didn't follow it through Star Trek then, the second generation and all that. Did they... Did data become then okay, in the story? Did as you become? Didn't you have a like an evil twin? Or I, I mean, it's been so long since I. I think so. Indulged Lord. in Star Trek. Lore but... was his evil twin brother. Yeah, yeah. Right. Lord. Lore, L O R. Oh, Lore. Okay. He had Lord. the crazy uh, eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Funny enough, uh, Data was always my favorite character on Star Trek. Just for all right, that's what I mean. Data was cool. He was your friend. (laughs) Desperately trying to learn emotions. (laughs) Oh, a tear. Yeah, he's learning to be human. Yeah. I suppose it was necessary after the after the you know the (laughs) eighties. These guys slowly thawing out. Who can be human? Yeah. And so, and then there's the 2001 Space Odyssey Hal, which uh, we, we we know how how that story unfolds. I mean, he's the artificial intelligence that tries to kill kill the crew, kill the people, and uh, and that seems to be sort of the projection for uh, 
the way uh, you know these guys like Elon Musk uh, uh, predict uh, the collection of data and artificial intelligence and all this leading to sort of a extinction of people because the machines they outplay us in the game of chess. Right, and, right. Uh, it's only inevitable. That's such a crazy idea that like this technology, <laughs> this technology that humans have created would ultimately outsmart us and kill us all. It's like this whole Skynet thing, you know, from Terminator. It won't, um, it won't, it's been designed to do that. You know what I mean? It won't do it by accident. Part of right. Design. If that's what well, happens or whatever, that's part of design. It's not just like a unforeseen, uh, an unfortunate consequence. You know I mean? Right, right. I mean, it didn't have to be built. You know, it was, speculating just just the just the idea you know just the idea that we could create the system that ultimately outsmarts us and says like hey what you're doing is wrong so we're gonna wipe you out but it's something that we created at the same time and i don't know there's some parallels there with this whole climate change you know narrative as well as as like sounds like original sin though doesn't it sounds like that old suit rewarmed you're basically inherently evil and there's nothing you can do about it yeah yeah kind of catholic and yeah catholic and only redemption is only possible through death sacrifice sacrifice nothing wilson said nothing is so beguiling as the call to struggle it's fucking right. People like that. Secretly like this. Yeah, bring on the war. Come on. Mm-hmm. Almost like a bit of jealousy of, of generations that could say, yeah, I had it tough when I was a lad. So I guess, it, I guess in that way, it's like uh, humans creating their own God through technology, creating a technological God who will judge us based on, you know, our actions. Yeah, and it will. It, the machine won't be swayed by frail human emotions. It will just be cool, collected, and logical. And right. And uh, when things things go through, you know, a sort of just by pure logic, it may be more logical to to wipe out uh, a vast section of the population if it benefits. If it there's a provable benefit uh you know someone benefits and they have more uh they they have a reason to benefit logically so therefore violence or uh, genocide it becomes uh irrational or calculable by a computer and if you don't have any human uh empathy or feeling then you know you're, you're not going to have uh, a judgment that may be really uh ethically good right it's that cold hard pragmatism but it's still a death warrant it's still a suicide i mean machines i mean they run on something even if it's it doesn't matter that whatever they're made of will deteriorate in the end whatever they run on whatever energy source or supply they have if it's not maintained you know they have to even if they i mean it's if it's a, just a structure with no life in it, with no, you know, nothing, nothing the, the opposite machine, of entropy. The, the <laughs> they have to learn to birth themselves. That's what you're saying. The machine only needs us until the machine can self replicate. Self replicate. Yeah. Okay. They said the uh, the la- the first uh, computer that a human will build that's able to replicate itself or whatever will be the last computer humans. 
Yeah, it's going to be almost human, though, isn't it? It's going to be made out. Of, it's going to have to have some sort of biological um, operating apparatus. You know what I mean? That's what the people are for. Yeah, that's the thing. You just come back to the same circle. You come back to well, you know, we've made the perfect robot. It looks like oh, fucking human being, great. Looks just like me. What <laughs> yeah. And it's not perfectly right. You know? I mean, perfectly exactly. rational is not going to work. Work is it's like jobs worth. There used to be jobs worth awards on TV when I was a kid, which was really good. You know, for people who just sort of took things too far. You know, some guy guy's wife's pregnant and he runs into the hospital and carries her into the hospital and he comes out and his car's clamped yeah so <laughs> and the guy could see that he was going in with his pregnant wife he could see it was him and he still clamped the car and so he gets the jobs worth award you know and he's kind of named and shamed yeah it's cool you know so it's well, logic too far it's too you know it's, that's what a machine does it's rational yeah but we oh, hate it you know and it's like no you don't do that that's wrong everybody knows intrinsically that's not right because it gets trumped by pregnant woman in emergency it gets trumped right so you've got to put that in there. There's, uh, I mean, the rationality is programmed. There, you know, there's no, there's no perfect rationality beyond a human thing. It, it would be a human that programmed it, and it would be a human that determined the program that said that it was perfectly yeah. rational. Anyway, I mean, it's right. never getting away from that, you know? No. You're never getting away from that loop. Uh, logic is just logic. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not perfect at all. No, thank you. So it's, uh, and you know, rational, I think it means based off evidence or something like that. So, I mean, what's evidence? Who gets to decide what counts as evidence? That's, well, that person has a lot of power. You know, so. Yeah, for the orthodox, isn't it rational to believe in God? It's perfectly rational for them. They have a theology that explains it rationally. But I think that I read today that uh, orthodoxy is, uh, fundamentalism is orthodoxy turned cultic. And this, this is what all this stuff, you know, uh, all this stuff is, you know, a lot of this, uh, where these ideas about, um, you know, this computer science and stuff, the orthodoxy of it kind of like anything becomes a cult, a bit of a cult. And so then, then fund or, uh, then fundamentalism takes over and fundamentalism is marked by apocalypticism and preoccupation with the eschaton. Yeah. So it's all, you know, this, this like Jordan Maxwell, I've never religion. I've never seen, you know, Jordan Maxwell House. Jordan Maxwell House, Maxwell House in uh, <laughs> Maxwell House Hotel in Tennessee, where Teddy Roosevelt uh, was known to hang out, and uh, I think they're bringing over good to the last drip because of the old uh, the coffee and the cocaine are grown in the same field. <laughs> by the way, we are we are sponsored by Jordan Maxwell House Coffee. Good to the last drop. Just wanted to throw that in there for our new yeah, sponsor. Give Jordan for all those late nights uh, looking for UFOs. You're, you'll <laughs> need to stay awake and alert because you you may see things that no one else has ever seen, and they would shock and frighten you down to your core. Very good, and they would shock and frighten you. Yeah. Actually, some of their uh, some of the specialty roasters that we have will actually infuse DMT into the coffee beans, which will help you see the UFOs just a little bit more on those late nights. And it'll help with the ease, the tension of the probing. But it was very nice listening to the the, the late late 
uh, the recent most recent podcast you know and uh you were flagging up uh the fact that he was, his voice is in zeitgeist and everything yeah and he's been used a lot in the background of all sorts of stuff hasn't he and he's that's not not right really he should get some royalties for that somehow well i mean he must be doing pretty well if if he lives in beverly hills i mean oh okay. pretty hard to be poor and live in southern california <laughs> unless you live on the streets I can't see that, can you? He doesn't look that poor. But all the same, you know. I say, I hope he did get something. It was okay. It was nice to get. Well, he's got a nice bookshelf, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he sacrificed a lot for the pursuit of of knowledge and (laughs) and exposing the truth. Exactly. No one else was going to do it. It's it's an interesting phrase, isn't it? exposing the truth, as if the truth is like cowering there with its hands over its genitals. Hey, go away! <laughs> like some nerd in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> gym class. <laughs> you want the truth? Bunch of chads. The truth. <laughs> yeah, the truth ain't pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Truth and beauty, but uh, I guess the beauty is the counterbalance to the hideous truth. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I've, I know there are lots of beautiful things that are they're definitely beautiful. I wouldn't say they're automatically true. Just uh, going back to this, like, AI, you know, Skynet stuff for a second, I think, like, one of the main points of that discussion is... Um, kind of this inherent distrust of human nature as though, you know, we're inherently flawed beings and if we could just create this system that is somehow better than us that it would like, you know, it would take over or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, kind of like tying into the whole Catholic guilt sort of thing we talked about. It is an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but because we want, you know, we're not the sum of our whole. We don't know how, you know, things seem cyclical to me more than, than you know, there is a, it's a spiral sort of thing. You know? Things come around, but they move on. And, um, you know, you can't know. How can anyone know? So we're trying to design systems, you know, that work and see, you know, that benefit the most. You know, there's that sort of, you know, everybody's trying out their different systems. I suppose that is what's going on to a degree. As though <coughs> as as though just pure logic and rationality and pragmatism would save us somehow. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to, like, the spiritual side of, you know, religion or, or Jesus or submitting yourself to that sort of paradigm or, you know, Mohammed or whatever it is. Yeah, the belief system, the reason for living, the, the glue that gels us together is the kind of the, uh, all that stuff. Sure, and yeah, and it's not gone the way people thought. This, you know, this straight line, this kind of progress, it's not going like that, is it? Uh, so all sorts of things are back in fashion that we thought have gone. So. Yeah, you know, nationalism. 
wow. I thought we were, we were, um, it was a done deal if you were watching conspiracy theory, you know, in the noughties. The, the new world order had got us and there was nothing we could do about it. So is this a cunning play? This is just a cunning plan. Everywhere, nationalism, huh? Didn't think that was going to happen. It's, it, the, the nationalism just seems to be kind of a last, a last hurrah for those those people who feel some sort of tradition to their their land or people that that's going to be replaced if if we're to follow this sort of the new world order narrative uh, that you know is bringing in a a world government in which there'll be no no nations uh, to have nationalism in so it's it's going to be used at this point nationalism that is is going to be used to to ultimately lead to the demise of nations and and have everyone uh, dependent on a sort of a global arbiter of peace like some what sort of like the united nations uh, is is working towards uh, I mean, the idea that you know that I live in Canada—it's a—it's a, a sovereign nation—is is a joke. I mean, and uh, and and most people here accept that you know we live in Canada, but we're part of the global community. We're part—it's all about globalism. So everyone is being brought into a new mindset that's about not about nationality or or you know land or soil and people it's it's more sort of like a uh, more nebulous uh, idea of of uh, global community and uh, you know right now that seems to be based upon things like you know green energy and sustainability and you know stopping climate change and you know things like that i mean that's what's bringing the world together right it, the, yeah. the the problems that trying to na- nations can't deal with on their own they need a global solution yeah and some yeah i'm well interestingly i mean i don't know whether i'm thinking too simplistically here but i mean this is the thing you know you go your countries like uh, the western countries where the industrial base is disappearing and it's moved to china because it's a lot cheaper to produce there yeah there yeah, they can control the whole environment a lot easier they've got cheap labor voila yeah um so if you had i mean this is unfortunately probably won't happen but the idea is then you need some sort of global union to stop that happening so that companies can't just go to any country the next country where they where the regime sort of you know where there are basic laws you know this this idea that you can't then just go to another country and extort their workforce you know so, but of course, it's their in, in their interest that they can. So, yeah, that was just like the economic way of bringing down the West, uh, you know, the Western Europe and uh, North America was to move all of the industry over to Asia and, and yeah. particularly China. And got no and, unions uh, there, you know. So right now, I live in essentially a like a service, what what they call a service economy, and you know the unemployment rate keeps rising so now that there's serious talk of having like a 
like a, a livable income or just some uh, living wage that the, the government just gives everyone an, an allotted amount of money every month to live on because there's no there's no honest work you know you're just you know you're going to be kept alive uh by the uh by the government uh on a monthly stipend and i guess the social credits will fit right in with that because you know your (laughs) all your whole income or or your credit will come from the government and uh, if you you know you you slip up then you'll, you'll lose your credit and if you do what they want, think the way they want, then you'll you'll get what's coming to you. But it, it, it's kind of uh, it, it's it's kind of sad to see the uh, you know the strong West of you know the uh, you know the sort of the capitalist dream of 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 uh, prosperity through uh, you know commercialism. I mean, it's sort of sad on the one hand to see that disappear, but you know, just knowing that it's going to be replaced with something that is much more totalitarian and totally, uh, totally invasive on every individual, you know, living in this country. Like if you're just going to rely on the government for your, your bread every month, but I'm sure they're talking about that in, uh, where you're living too, uh, Maddie, like in uh, Germany. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fringe, but it's there. And I mean, um, you know, fringe like legalization of cannabis was for a lot of places. Oh, that's that's past (laughs) year. (laughs) That's what I mean. So, I mean, but so they're talking about it. Um, Yeah, that's a whole new ballgame, of course. But it's not that far away. I mean, if you are taking, um, you know, some sort of social money or whatever it's called, you are in that game already. I mean, you can't, you've got to toe the line. You've got to look for jobs. You have to prove you're looking for jobs and things like this. And, you know, so there's quite a lot of, uh, you're in the, in the net then anyway, you know? Right. So, but when it comes to the point where there just are no jobs and there's all of these unemployed people, mm. then what do they do? Yeah. That's the, that is the question. And what do you do? And, you know, especially, you know, I mean, the Germans, you know, we, we could, they could take a knock because uh, they could, but they've moved on to electric cars already. So, but, but all the same, you know, big meat eaters. <laughs> Not going to like that. Oh, yeah. Meat, meat is enemy number one in, uh, in this new green economy. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, you if know. you, if you use your social credits to buy a steak, uh, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the full amount next month because you didn't uh, didn't do the right shopping behavior. <laughs> you're not thinking green enough. Uh, there'll be a healthy smuggling of steaks from Czechoslovakia into, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but let's see how that takes off because that's, you know, and industrial, you know, industrial farming is a problem, but, uh, you know, so sure. That's pretty fucked up. Let's see what, but, uh, in Germany, there are a lot of cows and there's a lot of green, you know, grass fed livestock, you know, because they've never not <laughs> been into beef and pork. Yeah. That's a long-standing tradition or a way of life, and you're still wild, 
wild boars. I'm not, you know, I've got a friend of mine. He had oh, to yeah. shore up his fence because he had a wild boar coming down and ripping up his garden all the time. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah. Yep. Wild boar, eh? Yeah, that, that was would be tasty. Story, actually, yeah, he <laughs> said, <laughs> I said to him, "Ah, you know what the you know what the girl in Findhorn does? You know she what she was do? She talked to the to the the angel of the animals, like all the animals they've got a like there was. She made a deal with the moles that were eating one of their crops that they were growing in Findhorn that she put a plant <laughs> something extra for the moles, and that was their bit, and the other bit was for the humans. And then since then they've done a deal, no problem." So you got to talk to the sow, or you got to talk to. The... <laughs> <laughs> he came back and he said to me, he had this dream about this this sow here, and he had to he had to have sex with the sow. <laughs> she said, "Oh, like David, can leave it alone, but you've got to have sex with me." So, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that's going a bit far. I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> I think you could have said, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, du sau. And that's the thing, in, in, you know, in, in German, that sau, you sau, is, is actually, you know, pig hunt or whatever. It's not that. It's du sau. Yeah? It's like, if you do something really for dirty, you know, sau. <laughs> and that's a so you're thing. you're talking about uh, Findhorn, which is one of the oldest intentional communities um based in england right or is it in wales yeah scotland and it's in um, scotland yeah. yeah and the strange thing about it or at least the story is and i mean it's there isn't it you can go and visit it um yeah, and, yeah. and this this woman talks to the angels you know so she makes deals and with apparently the she the talks to the moles too the mole yeah. whisperer the mole angels <laughs> well, so every every species has its own yeah. representative that she can talk to and that's why she figured out that you put plants next to each other and they thrive even in environments where they shouldn't and then findhorn got its name because these plants shouldn't be growing there up in scotland this climate's too harsh for them but they're thriving so what she, so she's doing something right mm. yeah and so um you know i think they leave themselves to themselves up there but uh yeah, I tried it once when I was in Lanzarote because there was a, a bobo tree. And these bobo trees are really tough, you know. They kind of come up through the concrete in roads. And uh, they always have problems with the bobo tree. And it was near to the cistern, you know, which is where the water is. So people say, you're going to have to um, cut that bobo tree down because it's going to it'll grow into the cistern, and you know. Mm -hmm. oh, whoa, you know, I'm gonna cut them. no, I can't do that, you know. <laughs> So, all right, I'll try and talk to the bobble tree angel. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to go. And, you know, I got this thing. And my, he was like, you know, Tom Waits after a fucking bad night, this bobble angel. And, uh, <laughs> he was like, well, hold on now. This is, how did you, how did you conjure this, uh, this spirit? Ah, you know, you just you do you 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 lie down, you, you know, and you relax all your body. There's certain ways you can sit down, go through all your body parts, relax them all. You relax yourself, put yourself into a trance, and then and then you. Uh, one thing I like to you go into the cellar, or you go up some steps, or you cross a threshold. Yeah, and uh, then you ask for the bubble, Geist. Come on, bubble Geist. I want to talk to you, <laughs> please. Please, geist, uh, geist, meaning, <laughs> geist meaning spirit or geist. yeah, or angels, he calls them. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. whatever you want to try There's and talk to word. this, yeah, talk yeah. to the zeitgeist. Yeah, so you're imagining, <laughs> I don't know what it is, whatever it is, it's an exercise in trying to imagine yourself as a bobo tree at least, or part of you, you know. But, um, so yeah, like I said, this guy was like 
like Tom Waits after a bad night, you know, gnarled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, <laughs> he basically laughed and he said, do what the fuck you like. You think I care? You think we care? You think we really care? <laughs> We've been annihilated and we'll never, never, you'll never kill us. So just forget it. <laughs> it's just whatever. <laughs> Fuck yeah, end, dude. Just, That's amazing. I just had to prune it. If I pruned it, then the groups wouldn't grow anymore. Yeah. And these people, yeah, you have to chop it down then. Now, here's the chainsaw. Go away. <laughs> Shall I do it for you? It's like, you know, what's going on? Do they cry when they're chopped? Chopped down? Not the bubble tree. No. No, but maybe some do. But not the bubble. Like they say, they can they'll come up through the middle of the middle of the street sometimes, middle of the road, <laughs> all in the tarmac, bubble. It uh, it depends on what time of year it is. Like if you fell a tree in the early spring when the sap is running, it will definitely cry. Mm. There'll be water all over the place. <laughs> sap, sappy that. blood. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got had that though, and I had a relationship with a massive elm. Uh, I used to go out there a lot, and uh, I went away. And when I came back, it went to it'd been chopped down, and I thought that's poor. That was heavy. <laughs> that was heavy. But then, in a way, I thought I understood why I'd been spending so much time with this tree. God, this sounds totally fucking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really... a tree hugger. Completely yeah. off the rails now. Into... Absolutely, yeah. I'm fucking outed myself now. <laughs> what are you, a fucking hippie? <laughs> Shit, yeah. How about your pendulum? Did your pendulum factor into any of this? Yeah, I didn't have the pendulum then. Didn't have the pendulum. Might have been a bit wiser. But no, I don't regret that. It's okay. I kind of, you know. There was something going on with me in that tree, I tell you. Uh, yeah. So and I went back there, not rec- recently, I went back there. Um, so I still know the woman who, who lives there and, who's, you know, where I was at this time, you know. And her sister was there and her sister could remember that. And she said, yeah, and you kept going out to that tree, didn't you? And then they chopped it down. It was really sad. <laughs> as if you knew, as if you knew, she said. And I thought, yeah, I suppose it was, but it never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because I've never had a thing with any other trees. <laughs> I, I, I've got an interesting relationship with trees where I live here because I kind of like rely on them to not freeze to death in the winter. You know, I have to I'm out there chopping chopping wood most of the time, yeah. and uh, I love trees, but they're also. I mean, it's also like a very practical love too because it's like. It's life and death. If I don't yeah. have any firewood, yeah. I'm not going to make it through the winter. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys out there. I mean, it's, I always, funny enough, I've got a brother in in uh, Halifax, it's Nova Scotia, even though we don't really talk anymore. <laughs> but, um, but when I was there, I did visit him. When I was there, it's, um, I did notice, I had the feeling, and he said it's also the further north you go, the harsher the conditions, the friendlier the people are. No one would drive past you in Nova Scotia in winter if you're in a ditch or if you've, 
if you're mm-hmm. suddenly on the road, you know, because your car's broken down. And said, the next car will stop. It's true. It's true. I'm not even from Canada, but I know that's true. It's true where I live in Wisconsin. Do you have snow where you are? Right now, no. We got a little bit, but yeah, it's kind of warm for, you know, early January. It's a little bit warm this year. And you? Yeah, it's it's white. It's white around here. Wait. It's another one of those words where the, you can see the Canadian. I can I get glimpses of the Canadian accent a bit more. Like, but when they say boat, but yeah, about, boat. about, 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 you got this a boot, a boot, yeah, yeah there's no a doubt about it. Yeah, the Scottish is in there, isn't there? There's a lot of Scottish Irish sort of in there. Scottish, a boot, and wait, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I remember the first time I spoke to you in it, I sounded like I could hear the the snow in on the voice, on the sound of your uh, mic, you know, to hear the snow drifts. Have you got snow drifts at yeah, the moment? Yeah, seriously, like I've, I've got thin walls here too, so if there's ever a blizzard, you can, you can, it, the microphone would definitely pick it up. It's, uh, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a harsh climate, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful place to live uh you know if, if you like trees there's plenty around here but the problem is there's not a whole lot of old growth forests left because yeah uh due to the fact that you know I, I live in the poorest province of canada we have that claim to fame poorest province but our big resources uh is forestry trees so they're all getting chopped down right and, and for toilet paper in China, huh. I suppose. So it's mostly like pine and spruce and cedar, stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Lots of softwood, yeah. So is it like a deciduous forest? You know, do you have oak and maple? Yeah. Yeah, around me there's lots of oaks and maples. Cool. Uh, beach. That's nice. Yeah. And maple syrup, lots of sap in the springtime. A lot of people around here boil their own syrup. Hell yeah, yeah. I've done that before. I've made my own syrup from maple, sugar maple. It's great. Yeah. It's a good way to spend, you know, February, March, and early April. It's a good time. Just go out there, harvest the sap, you know, cut some wood, some dead trees to fire it up, and... You got your sugar for the year. I find actually just the uh, pure, unrefined uh, sap from the maple is also pretty good as a like refreshing beverage. Oh yeah, drink it's it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Is that less sweet or what's that like? Less sweet. Yeah, it's more watery, but it, it has right. a maple it's flavor sugar, and it's sweet. Yeah. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think that a tree could put out that much water, you know, but you can fill like a five gallon bucket yeah. over the course of like twelve hours. What really? Just from what? just from one tree. How and do you do that? You put a hole in it, or what do you do? What goes on? Yeah, you you drill a hole like seven sixteenths um, bore hole, and then pound a tap in there, hang a bucket off that, and 
Yeah, some of the older trees, you know, they'll produce five gallons in a day. Wow. Yeah, I guess they don't that's miss okay it. That's okay for them and they carry on living. That's fine for them. That's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's it's such a delicious drink, honestly. <laughs> like, the... I mean, there must be a lot of trees. I mean, this stuff's all over the world. Any supermarket in any place in the world, you can get maple syrup. There must be an yep. awful lot of maple trees. It mostly comes from Canada. It's all from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, Quebec is a big uh, exporter. That's our, our French province that wants to separate and form its own nation. They, they pretty much their own do their own thing, but a lot of maple syrup from Quebec. Yeah. Okay. Make yeah, the, the sugar syrup. maples, the, the trees that actually produce, you know, the, the sugar maple trees, um, they only exist in northern Canada and northeast United States. Um, yeah, they need got, the cold winter. Right, yeah. Okay. I mean, you got plenty of maples over there in Europe, but they're not the, the kind that produces that sweet sap that you can boil down. So, Okay, so no point in drilling holes in my maple trees here. You can do birch. I mean, birch syrup is a thing, too. But, um, yeah, the maple is pretty specific to northeast North America. Uh, the birch trees around here grow a kind of mushroom on it called chaga that I guess is oh yeah, sort yeah. of a, a fad or it's uh, making, I mean, it's certainly the uh, native people around here knew, utilized it and knew about it long yep. before the, uh, the white man, but uh, it's you know, now to be, people are um, so, sort of like getting hip to it and like putting it in their craft beer and stuff. <laughs> Oh jeez. Really? Well, that seems a little antithetical, but yeah, it's supposed to be um uh anti-cancer agents in that mushroom in the chaga. Yeah. Okay, right. so they can, so is it ending up in medical, you know, preparations or whatever you call them, pharmaceuticals and things, does it end up is it being uh, I don't, I don't think like it's been supplements. turned into a pill yet, but it's definitely like a folk medicine. Okay. Um, How did you hear about it on the cancer thing then, James? Uh, just from doing research, you know, looking oh, into the... mushrooms and all that. Okay. Yeah. Chaga, good name. What do you think of the, the theory that cancer is itself a fungus? I've never, I've never heard that. Because I mean, that would be interesting to fight a, I mean, if that were the case, it'd be like fighting a fungus with a, with an, another one, with another fungus with fungus. But mm. I, I think that, I don't think that's a very uh, mainstream theory the uh, of cancer, yeah. but of course the mainstream doesn't have a fucking clue what, what cancer is. So no one does. Well, it's the cat that keeps on giving. That's what it is. Yeah. But if you can cure it with a mushroom that grows on a birch tree in your backyard, that's great. Yeah. Have some people done that? I'm sure I don't there's some... I don't have any witnesses. James? Yeah. I don't either. I'm sure there's some testimonials out there, but that's kind of how it's marketed with the chaga mushroom is that it's supposed to be anti-cancer and... 
uh, similar, you know, similar to other mushrooms that are out there. Yeah. That there's yeah. there's some some companies that will grow them and dry them, powderize them, and put them in capsules and sell them as like supplements. I'm thinking of uh, Paul Stamets and his whole operation. I think they're marketed on the Infowars store as like a dick pill. <laughs> yeah. Male stamina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never really been into mushrooms per se, except the little magic ones. But that's because I, you know, I learned to go at the hurdle. But actually, mushrooms is is you know eating them, mm. you know, especially when you see them growing. Is that, what you think. that was always the hard part about the magic variety is having to ingest them. Yeah, yeah. You put them on a pizza or something, and. Almost yeah. not even notice, but yeah, they're not. They're, they don't taste that wonderful, but uh, it tastes like earth. There, but there is another kind of mushroom that grows wild around here called chanterelle, which I actually don't mind uh, eating. Yeah. It's, it's great. You fry it up with some butter, and yep. it tastes yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do know, I do know. But I still have to overcome some sort of. You know, if I was still a child, I'd go no. You know what I'm saying? I know now it tastes good, and if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, but uh, I still have to overcome that initial well, it's fungus sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> don't know if that's kind of built in a bit, I suppose, because you can get the wrong kind. They've got and morels, uh, morel mushrooms, of course, are like the big one. I'm sure you have those in Germany and Canada. Morel truffles, are they or what? Uh, no, not exactly. Um, I'm sure you'd recognize them if I showed you a picture. But those are quite tasty. Around here, I also have those. They look kind of reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland mushrooms. I forget what they're called. Fly agaric oh, or something. Amanitas. Yeah, yeah, that one. So those are quite... Uh, abundant as well but i've never never uh tried them I, I because i've heard that they 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 uh they make you sick but it's sort of like the ayahuasca experience i guess because uh, i've heard that you also have to throw up before you get high so maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. it's similar have you tried have you tried that one either of you the uh opening cleansing your chakras and opening your third eye with uh, ayahuasca no i haven't no i've never tried amanitas either but i'm well familiar with the lore and all the stories around it no i'm pretty sure any any magic mushroom i ever ate was grown in like some uh you know a cupboard mm -hmm. or something you're one of those funny looking yeah. Mexican, well, you know, it's, it's like, what? <laughs> and that was the first thing. That's the first thing I thought was I was listening to, enjoying kind of Terence McKenna's raps, you know. And he did this rap of mushrooms all around the world, and he got, he got through Europe, and he didn't know nothing about liberty caps. You know, Europe hasn't got any psilocybin sort of thing, and move on. And it was like, wait a minute, what about liberty? What about our magic mushrooms? Our nice little magic. I've been picking them. I've gone to fields and picked them. 
in England and in Germany, and you pick them and you eat them, and they say eat and when and when you, when the the ground starts to go boingy boingy, you've had enough. <laughs> so you know, but or take them home, yeah. And they were kind of there when you needed them, and if you you didn't, you couldn't find strange and they were sort of magic and there was this weird thing you'd be looking for and you couldn't see them and then you'd find one and then you'd find lots and it was all that sort of folklore around it and uh they were amazing and they were no middleman no nothing no funny fungus <laughs> and i tried some of those yeah and they were i don't know, quite the same but then again i wasn't either so no control there but uh, I think the idea of, like I said, I thought that they were really helping with the kind of getting to terms in Birmingham where I was. There were loads of mushrooms all of a sudden. And it really helped people get come to terms with living each other, especially, you know, with all the West Indians there now at the time. And it was really good. Like I said, I came in one day and, you know, these white guys and these black guys playing pool or trying to play pool and they couldn't play pool because they were rolling, they were literally rolling on the pool table, laughing at all <laughs> these racist jokes, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, mushrooms. <laughs> it didn't hold up anymore. The whole thing was bullshit and they knew it, you know. Um, and that is a lesson. I don't buy this thing that's, you know, People say, oh, I took loads of working hallucinogenic drugs and didn't learn nothing. Well, maybe, that, maybe that's you. <laughs> I figure that's why uh, cows are so laid back in the field, because I know around here, that's if you're going to find wild mushrooms of the psilocybin variety, you've got to look in around the cow patties. And uh, I, I just would assume that day to day uh, cows would be while munching grass like ingesting a few of these uh, caps as well and probably going on pretty uh, interesting mental expeditions while standing perfectly still yeah yeah they're like the buddhas of the animal kingdom aren't they? Yeah, kind of the holy cow <laughs> meditating while we do all sorts of shit to them <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for this suffering to, to end. Oh, no. Very stoic. <laughs> Give them a nice field. They're happy. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You're sticking them in pens and something else. Change the landscape as well completely. You know, that's another thing. People who love their countryside. Their countryside wasn't originally like that. It was shaped by, you know, farming. <laughs> especially in England, in all these hedges and fields and grazing land, you know? The green fields of England. <laughs> I've got to uh, drop off, but um, good talking to you guys. I'm going to end the recording now. Yeah, we're drifting into mushroom land.